Hey everyone, welcome to the Third Culture Kid virtual online forum where our conversations of TCK and faith come together. This is a place for people to share their own stories and learn from others. It is a place people could safely explore the effects, benefits, and purpose with cross-cultural upbringings. We also want to challenge TCKs and CCKs to think deeper on how their cross-cultural component of their lives is tied to their faith. This podcast is brought to you by Crew, a caring community passionate about connecting people with Jesus Christ. Okay, so today we are going to talk about TCK and marriage, and we have two couples that are going to kind of share their experiences of marriage and how they navigated TCK misunderstandings with that. Okay, so the first question is, well, introduce yourself and then the culture you grew up in and how you you and your spouse met. All right, so we can go first. Uh, my name is Jonathan, and for those of you guys who've been listening, I'm one of the other interviewers, so it's interesting to be on this end. But my parents were missionaries with crew in Nigeria for the first 10 years of my life, and then we moved back to the U.S., and shortly after that, we adopted my two siblings from Ethiopia, and then uh, my wife is from Kenya, who you'll get to know in a bit. So I kind of say I have like a trans-African and American culture mix, and so how we met, we'll go into more detail, but long story short, we met in high school and we've been dating ever since. Hi, my name's Purity. I'm the wife to Jonathan. I am from Kenya, Africa. I grew up there until I was 10 years old. My dad had moved to America before then, and so I came and joined him. I very much have a lot of family here in America as well as in Kenya, so my culture, my African culture, is very much alive every day. (laughs) I get to experience that. I haven't lost it. I think my language, the main language in Kenya is Swahili, and there's a saying that they say, when you're 10 years and younger and you come to, like, America or a new country, you tend to lose your native language. And even though it's not quick to come out, I fully much understand what's going on. My dad can speak to me in Swahili, and I comprehend it, and and I speak it as well. It's just slower to come. Kenya and Nigeria are two opposite places. I'm from the East Coast. My husband is on the West Coast of Africa, if you look at a map. Yeah, we get that a lot. People will confuse. I think I'm from Kenya, and she's from Nigeria, or vice versa. So... She'll say that she doesn't remember very much Swahili, but also at the same time, she just jumps into Swahinglish randomly when she's frustrated. Um, So that's how I know, like, she'll just be able to speak. Like, the other day, she, like, told me something. She was, like, going to say, like, goodbye or something like that, and she just said it in Swahili. I was like, what did you say? She goes, oh, I'm so sorry. I just realized that I was not speaking English. (laughs) I do remember it. I just can't come up with the words. It's like the reverse of learning English. You know what it's just harder to think of it. It's, it's just the opposite, literally. Yeah. But I do, yeah. I can speak it. I sound more American person learning Swahili. I would be made fun of if I went back home. And they're like, oh, your Swahili sounds so American. <laughs> so it doesn't sound as smooth, but you know, it's okay. <laughs> so for how we met, we didn't meet in high school, but we actually came to the U.S. the same year, just mm-hmm. separately. And yeah. then... Her uncle was part of the missions program at the church my parents joined when we moved to the same town. So she was actually invited to a like 
cookout missionary thing that we were invited to as like former missionaries joining the church. So we supposedly met then, but we have no memory of each other. And then years later, we had a few mutual friends through high school and I asked her to prom my junior year, her senior year. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how the relationship started. And we've been dating ever since that summer. Friends. Yeah. Dating. Yeah. So that's our story, I guess. How long have you guys been married? Over a year. Like a year and some change. We got married uh, September of 19. We dated for... Five years. Yeah. Before we got married. married. So we've been together for quite some time. But I went to college in Chicago. She stayed in Ohio. So that made marriage difficult. I'm Jason Keel. Uh, You're about to hear from my wife, Abby. Um, As you can probably tell from the way I talk, I'm from Alabama. I'm from a very small place in Alabama. And so our cultural differences, they're different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm Abby, and I, I moved to Europe when I was five. Um, so I spent six years in Hungary during communism, and then spent seven years in Hungary, six years in Germany. Um, went to high school in Germany, um, and then returned to the U.S. to go um, to college and grad school, then very promptly moved back to Hungary because that felt safe. And that's actually where we met, um, is that year that I was back. We met at the International Christian School of Budapest, where Jason was teaching back in two You were teaching there, too. I was teaching there part-time, yeah. So I was in Budapest doing something totally different, but I got roped into helping at the school and then liked it better than my other job so then I met this guy and we have the opposite story of you guys that we met in January we went on our first date on April 1st we got engaged on April 26th then we got married on December 30th so I guess when you know you know right (laughs) yeah I I knew really quickly we were younger so we weren't like fresh out of college so you know it was um but yeah like we when we were in college most of you said you know do as we say don't do as we do (laughs) it's worked out though we just celebrated 20 years so it's okay yay congrats (laughs) thank you The next question I have is, can you give an example of a cultural misunderstanding you had and how you walked through it together? I think the first one that came to mind is one, I've talked about this on a few podcasts, but I wanna say six months into us getting married, we had had conversations about like the future and houses and like grad school and things like that. I guess we'd always kind of been talking over each other because that night she was kind of like, yeah, here's where we're going to live. And here's where my parents are going to live. And here's where your parents are going to live. And here's the like place for our siblings. And my thought was just like, no, my parents are perfectly comfortable in in their house. Your parents are perfectly comfortable in their house and we can have our own house. And that had always been my mindset. And I guess that had always been her mindset. And Uh, That was, I think, the moment that I realized that I was less African and more individualistic (laughs) in my mindset than I initially thought, because as much as like I thought going into this marriage, it would be a little bit easier. And we initially connected over being from Africa and missing the continents and missing home and things like that there. 
in reality, her American family is a lot more African and communal than my American family actually is because of missionary life and growing up and my extended family is all over and I have like no real connection to them. Whereas like her extended family is super big and super huge and super connected. And, and that was just like, she was just like, yeah, that's what you do in Africa. You just like your parents live with you. And I was like, I don't know if my parents are going to want to live with us. And they do actually, we've had this conversation. Yes, Kenya, a lot of African countries. Also, even in India, we just, it's a very communal type of family system. You support each other. That's why like, it's easier for women to have kids because you have so many family members who are going to help you raise those kids. So I knew like an understanding, okay, they might now live in one house, um, roof of a house, but you know, they could be next door to a different house. But yeah, that's one thing we were. And that was eventually the compromise that we came to was like, we will have property and there will be a residence for them to be living on, but not necessarily in our same house. And <laughs> her dad still sends us emails yeah. and texts every time the condos near his condos open up. Yes. <laughs> we will literally move wherever we go. Yeah, that's how our culture just works. You're just, you're not alone. And that's, I was like, wow, Americans are just, you, the kids just spread out and you barely ever see each other other than holidays and maybe family reunions. And that's about it. I'm like, how do you do life? It's so much harder to do it with just on your yeah. own with your family there. And that's just very dear to me. Also, some small town American towns are kind of like that. Like my mom is from a small town in Wisconsin and her whole family, they all still live there. Her extended family, cousins, everything. She's one of the only people that have actually moved away from Wisconsin and never moved back. Depending on the community, like small towns, and I think it might be the same in Georgia and Alabama and just small towns. Yeah. I don't know, Jason, you might be able to speak into that some too, but. That sort of touches on my answer to the question about, you know, the difference. I was the fourth generation to grow up in my hometown. And I had cousins and grandparents who lived there. My mom was from another place and she moved there to be, and they were, that's where we lived the whole time. I think one difference that Abby and I have dealt with is, you know, the idea of being rooted in a place and feeling like you're attached to a place. I feel that very strongly. And she doesn't know what that's like at all. Um, we've moved a lot in our time together. And so every time we move, I feel a stronger sense of we need to stay put. Um, but, you know, we've moved, we've lived what, Abby, we lived in like suburban Hungary. And then we lived in this rural Illinois kind of in a, her, her mom's hometown for a while. And then we went to like this really big city in East Asia and lived there for four or five years. And now we live in suburban Atlanta and I'm about ready. I'm about done. I'm ready <laughs> to stay put. This is kind of like where I'm from, but even just the idea of that causes some tension in our marriage. I'm warming to the idea, but part of it too is actually, you know, Peter, when you're talking about, we were actually just having this conversation because we're in what's called the sandwich generation where we still have kids at home that we're caring for and getting ready to launch. And we have parents that are aging and are starting to need care. And so we're kind of, you know, bouncing both, you know, we're talking about what would it look like to have my parents actually come live with us in the next three, four, five, six years. And so, and that would make it easier, honestly. 
but for most of my adult life, I have lived on a different continent than my parents. And so there is, there's this disconnected idea of like, okay, if I had to stay rooted, if I could, you know, I could do it, I would just rearrange furniture on the regular. That would help me feel better. Yes, you, you know, would. Yeah. That's, uh, we do that regularly, actually. So That's something we do as well with whenever I, we both feel like we need to move. Because we'll get like random spurts where we're like, we just need to like leave. And then we'll be like, no, we're good. We like this area. We need to stay. No, we just need to leave. <laughs> so... We had one summer where we actually, I rearranged, because we had thought we were going to move and then we didn't, but like my heart was so ready for change. I had already been in this place the longest I'd ever been in one house in my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah! Um, so actually one summer, yeah, we did, we moved every room in the house, like either moved, like flip-flops rooms entirely or just inside each room, um, except for the kitchen and bathrooms. Mm-hmm. My totally. son, yeah. Yeah. That would stress me out so much and everything. I'm like, once my room is set up, once my apartment is rearranged, don't tell me to rearrange it. I'm with you, Elizabeth. <laughs> I mean, you know, one way you walk through something like that where there's such a big profound difference yeah. is that you, sometimes you give, you know, because my job is to help Abby thrive. And I guess if, you know, it takes moving the whole house around <laughs> to make sure that if we, then that's what we're going to do sometimes. You know? right there, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I love her a lot. So that helps too. You know, if I didn't love her, that's when this, that part would not be fun, but I do. <laughs> She's a lot of fun. So. Okay, so the next question is, what has helped you understand each other's cultural worlds? Something that's helped is, at least for us, is that shared, like, spending time in the U.S. experience and being from the same hometown, and then my shared African experience, even though it's, like, slightly different. I joke with her dad because he always said he was, she was going to marry an African person. She's like, I did. He just happens to have green eyes and white skin. Uh, <laughs> but that does definitely help. I think it's me having been in TCK stuff since college and through MK to MK and stuff. I'm also able to, I think, as she's starting to realize things and I'm starting to make connections for her just because like her stepmom is white. So she moved to the U.S. and then she was kind of in white American culture, not I just thought, African culture. I thought white people were just rare people and like everyone in the world was my color of skin. <laughs> so when I was 10 years old and we landed in the airport and I just looked around and I was like shocked. I've never been outside my own country and I, I like tapped my stepmom and I was like because we were waiting for his Brother. brother-in-law to pick us up and I just tapped her and I was like is Mike black? Like, he brown skin? Because I was just so shocked. I don't know. That was a culture shock. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, and I think as I've been learning some stuff, I've been able to be like, oh, like, maybe you feel a little, like, torn between, like, your African and your white self just because you kind of feel like you need to code switch a lot and you're American. And so that's, I think that's been helpful as well for bridging a little bit is also just what I've learned through podcasts like this and my reading and my studying things that are available to the missionary community that aren't necessarily available to the non-missionary community. I think so. I think I, I agree with what you said. It helps that you saw what Africa was like to understand where I was coming from. It's really nice knowing that someone has been outside their own town to see other worlds because 
Sometimes we can be in our own bubbles and we can't comprehend or be in someone's feet unless you've seen it a little bit. You have more of a empathy. Empathy. So that was really nice. I was like, oh my gosh, this guy can understand like a level from where I come from. I like relate better with international people than I do. You don't have to like explain things, they get it. And so that was really helpful. And then growing up in America, that was really helpful to understand American culture. So that has really helped us Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. I always joke around and I say like, wherever I go, I must bring an international with me because it always makes things more fun. Always. (laughs) It's more fun. I feel like hanging out with a group of Africans or Indians or Chinese more than like a group of white people. Group of white people, I'm like, you guys are kind of boring. Like, give me some. That's so but, yeah. <laughs> so what about for Jason and Abby? I'll let Abby go first this time. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. I, it's a lot of what you guys said. I think it's just spending time with his family. I mean, it helps. You know, it was gracious that he met me in my hometown in Hungary, you know, in the city where I had grown up. And so, you know, he was able to go see where I grew up and he you know, knew the city a little bit. So that did help. I think he understood a little bit of the culture and the people, even it was just a little piece of it. But um, I, I really do think it's just been spending extended time with his family um, and really hearing stories and just getting, I mean, he lived in the same house from the time he was four to when he was 20. Like my brain just can't even comprehend. Like when we go to his parents' house, not, we stay in his childhood bedroom. And that's just so bizarre to me. <laughs> So I just, hearing the stories that, you know, just go back and everything is rooted in this place um, and hearing that has been good. And I think there've been a couple of books, um, even like fiction books that are kind of just help explain the South and understand what it means because really he's from South Alabama. And my parents always joked that I, they knew I would marry cross-culturally, but that was not what they had in mind. <laughs> <laughs> No. South Alabama, especially, is a very different culture. Alabama is not what we were thinking when we thought cross-cultural marriage. No. When we got married, one of her aunts gave her a guidebook. It's, it's called Culture Shock, and there's one for every country in the world and the South. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's like for people who want to go visit a place, and you, re- you read about the food and the culture and and the language and stuff like that. It's got like chapters on all of that stuff. And so she actually got one as a wedding gift. I read it and it was pretty accurate. It was kind of scary. Um, I have family in Alabama, so. Yeah. I think one thing that helps me ongoing is we've lived overseas twice. So I know what it's like, purity, to look around and see no one who knows who looks like you. And it's, it is jarring uh, until you get used to it. And even then, it's, it can be lonely at times. And so Abby's of partial Asian descent, and she, she lives like that all the time. I've only got a small glimpse into that, but that helps. And my, my first job with crew was as a teacher at that school in, in Hungary. And before we went, we had to go to a, a training called TCKPFO, Pre-field orientation for people who are going to work with TCKs. And my job was a middle school and high school teacher for TCKs and just from all over the world. And that was invaluable. I'm a black and white person and uh, I have strong opinions. 
when, when I first started working with TCKs and going overseas, my first reaction was always, why do they do that? That's weird. But they taught us it's not wrong. It's just different about 95% of the time. Yeah. That was really, really helpful just to know that before I even walked into the situation. And then you ended up not just working with TCKs, but marrying one. Right. And I'm raising some as well because our kids are part of their time growing up overseas. So they are basically TCKs as well. You're the outcast. <laughs> I'm the weirdo. They make fun of the way I talk. They, they don't understand why I do stuff. I mean, it's, you know. Oh my God. <laughs> growing into the mini Southerners. Mini. They've acculturated some. When your teeth and the music barely unfolds. Here's a story untold. When we part, I hope my life next question is based off your own experience what is some advice you would give to someone who is in a relationship or married to a tck or a non-tck the biggest thing for both of us but specifically for me was knowing your blind spots i went into our relationship and then our marriage not thinking i guess that culture would be as big of an issue as it has been kind of went into it the way everyone else also kind of saw our relationship and it's ironic because I kind of resented that as people looking at they're like oh you grew up in Africa and now you're dating an African oh my gosh that's so perfect I'm like I'm not dating her because she's African it just helps that she happens to be African yeah. uh, and people focusing on that part and uh but I didn't I don't think I realized enough about it. Like I knew we were going into an interracial relationship and I knew that would be things and I learned and researched, but I was kind of like, oh, we're both from Africa. Like, perfect. Well, fine, we'll get it. Not yeah. anticipating frustrations I would have at spending time with her family a lot and like Africans party. And I had forgotten about that. So like, that was a thing, um, but no, they're, they're, they're fantastic. But just like, I guess, and I also, I didn't realize how Americanized I had become. I think that was a big thing that, especially if you're a TCK who spent some time, spent more time in the US, that was a big thing for me was realizing that was the hardest part was realizing, oh my gosh, I'm very far away from the culture that I grew up in. And like, does this reaction mean I'm losing my internationalness or my TCK-ness or what does that look like? So that was some stuff for me that I had to deal with. But the biggest thing was just knowing my blind spot specifically. And like, I wish I had kind of gone into our marriage, thinking more about that aspect. And then we probably wouldn't have had some of the smaller fights that we've had about culture and parents and in-laws and where we're going to live and things How like that. How to raise kids. Yes, that's a big one too. My main job is to keep her from being the African tiger parent. So um, Only Laura's doctors, that just exactly. kidding. <laughs> Teasing. I make as many immigrant parent jokes as possible so that she can get all that out of her system before... <laughs> we have kids. It's just a few, yeah. No tiger mom at this house either. So. <laughs> <laughs> but. I mean, one thing I thought about, and I don't know, Purity, you might have thoughts about this too, but I, one, I, some, it, we're used, right, Jonathan, like we're used to just morphing and adapting to differences and seeing them and just living that. But I think recognizing that it's a lot, the adjustment is actually harder for the non TCK in the relationship that was important for me to recognize that like I like this is my lived experience that and I and I can be flexible and I can do all kinds of and adapt 
because that's just the nature, you know, our family motto was flex or die, right? So that's kind of the mentality I grew up with. It's like you recognize it and then you just adapt to it. Um, but for Jason, that is not what he grew up with. Mm-hmm. And so acknowledging the fact that it's, it's just different for him. It's harder for him to kind of, to make that shift into, you know, understanding, you know, who I am. And so, and I think there's a lot of third cult, maybe fewer now than when I was younger, you know, when we were first married 20 years ago, that a lot of TCKs that probably still who don't understand their own TCKness. And so they don't understand the uniquenesses they bring into the relationship. So I think really together exploring that from both sides can be really helpful. I think especially adult TCKs, you know, kind of like Jonathan, you're saying like, you're so far removed. You're like, well, that really isn't part of my experience anymore. Like I've been in America for 15 years or, you know, whatever. But if you, if those are like formative years that you spent somewhere, like that's really, it it does inform who you are. And so I think just taking some time to learn and, you know, listen to podcasts like this and explore that together. Like, oh, that might be why we're having this. Because I'm their culture kid and just got to learn. Yeah. I think a big part of learning is asking questions. Mm-hmm. If I was going to give some, some advice, I would say, as you're really getting serious about the relationship, you need to ask lots of questions and listen, 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 and, and take in what it is that makes them them and do a lot of observing as well. You got to know who the person is in order to love them well. Mm-hmm. You're not going to know if you're always talking. And I think the other thing I would you know, kind of going back to the, it's not always wrong. It's just different. You know, mm-hmm. If you know your Bible really well, you'll be able to tell what's actually morally wrong and what's not. Mm-hmm. And that will like cut a lot of the conflict out because you'll just be able to recognize, Oh, this is just different. Okay. Tell me about this. Why do you do this? It has some great conversations. You learn lots of interesting things. Just listening to Abby has a lot of experience that I would have never dreamed of growing up. It's been great. That actually kind of transitions us perfectly into our next question, which is how did your faith help you navigate the cultural challenges of marriage? Thanks for that, Jason. Made it easy. I don't know how else I would answer. I think I already gave the answer to that question. <laughs> Read your Bible. <laughs> Where were those nice transitions on my interviews? Um, <laughs> Just got to have Jason more often. Exactly. <laughs> I would say for us, it does kind of help us. It gives us, a, I guess, a common place to still kind of come back to sometimes when there are some real differences. And I know for me, to a benefit and a negative sense, <clears throat> faith has always been the lens in which I viewed international travel, I guess. There was a long time where my entire goal in life was to leave the country. Shortly after we moved back, my entire goal was to leave the country. And the only way I knew how to do that was to serve Jesus. So I was like, I better serve Jesus. And every job opportunity was put through the perspective of, can I be a missionary? Even, I know for me, that does kind of culture, even my cross-cultural experiences. But big thing that our relationship has helped me understand is that I can still be internationally focused and still be God focused without being overseas Mm -hmm. and I think that's been a big thing for me just Mm -hmm. learning that like through her and just the friends and 
through her actually, ironically, I'm able to like spend time with Indian national communities in our city. I didn't know there was a Kenyan festival in Columbus, Ohio until I got to know her and I didn't know there was all these other, Culture. yeah. I mean, I did, but I didn't seek them out as much as she has been. Yeah. And so being able to see that I can still do that thing that my parents have been doing for a long time and I still want to do without having to travel overseas has kind of like freed me up a little bit. And that's been yeah. our relationship primarily. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to add? Um, I didn't really have faith till I came to America and learned about Jesus. So I'm very grateful for that part of the culture and just moving to United States. I would have uh, never known what it's like to have a personal relationship with Christ and mm-hmm. how that's different. Like I, my family in Kenya is Catholic. So I didn't even really understand even at that age what that meant either. So it's yeah. been a great foundation and we always come back to, okay, mm-hmm. what does the Bible say? And mm-hmm. that has been our strongest foundation through life, through anything. We always come back to, all right, let's open our Bible. Let's pray. Let's, let's seek out Christ the way we're supposed to. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I know, Jason, you kind of already answer the question abby you have anything to add yeah i you know as i thought about this question i mean i would agree with all of that it is really nice that at the end of the day we can come back to this one place and this one person that we agree on but i think because my spiritual heritage is rooted in this other culture that has actually really created some some difficulties and some challenges for us because my expectation of you know church and what is church and church involvement and those kinds of things are just so different you know he grew up in a church where he was in the door every time the church doors were open he was there you know two three nights a week and like that was not my experience at all and so I think even for us learning and then of course in all the places we've moved church has been really different and really interesting and um, sometimes we had choices and sometimes we didn't like there was one church we could go to that's where we went Um, yeah but I think then, especially coming back to the U.S. and coming back to the South in particular and trying to figure out what are we looking for in a church has been really different because we just have really different expectations and needs based on our faith heritage and how we grew up. So, but yeah, at the end of the day, there is still Jesus and we can come back to that and that is good. But it has actually created some interesting challenges for us. Yeah. Thank you everyone for coming on and sharing. Um, it was really nice hearing from you guys. I know for me, it's like, you know, as a single person, this is something that I still think about, like, oh, what if I get married someday? How am I going to navigate that? So definitely when I'm in that position, I know who to come to for that. Um, <laughs> TCKVOF is now on 10 podcast platforms. If you want to stay connected to us and ask a question or have a topic idea you would like us to discuss in the future, you can click on the message button on Anchor to leave us a voice message. Thank you again for listening to TCKVOF, where our conversations of TCK and faith come together. Hope you have a good rest of the week.